Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hi, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and welcome to Highly Relevant, a U.S. Latino podcast examining how Hispanics are influencing and reshaping mainstream entertainment in the United States. On the show today, I have two wonderful Latino actors who are in a couple of Hollywood films coming out this month. Adrian Martinez, who is in Amy Schumer's controversial new film, I Feel Pretty. We talked why the movie's premise has angered so many women. If he thinks beauty is a fact or an opinion... And his number one advice for any Latinx actor wanting to break into the business. Then I talked to fellow Colombian-American Allison Strong, who comes on the show to promote her new movie on Netflix, The Week Of, with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock. Plus, we discuss her personal experiences of what acting in Hollywood films is for a bilingual actress and the best lesson she learned from Steve Buscemi. Trust me when I tell you, you've seen him in almost every big Hollywood movie of the last 20 years. I'm talking about American Hustle, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Kick-Ass, Focus with Will Smith, and a bunch more. We talk now his new movie, I Feel Pretty, starring Amy Schumer, and what he thinks of the movie's backlash, how he still has to prove himself after having over 100 acting credits, why he hasn't done Spanish-language movies, and how he connected to the movie's central theme. I have a crazy idea. Let's be honest for a minute. No matter how many times we hear, it's what's on the inside that matters. Women know deep down, it's what's on the outside that the whole world judges. Adrian, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. Welcome to the Highly Relevant Podcast. Let's do it, man. I'm psyched to be here. <laughs> Adrian, I, I've seen you so many times on screen. I have to begin the interview with, how many movies have you been in? Uh, this week. <laughs> in your career. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, you don't uh, keep count? You don't keep count? I, I don't, I don't. I just, it, you know what it is? It's just like, it's such a hard career that my focus is always on getting the next one. And I try to only look back when my fiance grabs my ass. Other than that, I just like, <laughs> I just gotta keep moving, man. Just keep moving. You you, um, you mentioned that this is a hard career. What's hard about it? Well, one thing, it's not a meritocracy. Uh, you can have 100 credits and you still have to prove yourself. After all the movies you've been in, after all the stars you've worked with, out of all the roles you've done, you still have to prove yourself? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I do get offers. I feel pretty was an offer. 
uh, did not have to audition for it. Uh, but there are other, you know, movies and TV shows where I still got to go in and do a character I've done at least 20 times and just do the dance. So that's what this is. Hollywood's, Hollywood's a dance. Hollywood, I mean, I think for a lot of Latino actors that are kind of coming up, that are listening to this podcast now and looking at you as a veteran that they're trying to emulate in their career path, you still have to play the politics, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's a, it's a machine. And it works in a certain way. And I am making the choice to be a part of this machine. And you can't complain about it. You can't say, well, this is ball, you know. You just do it or you do not do it, you know, because this is how it's set up. It's nothing personal. Uh, you know, studios and networks have their own way of working and their own obligations to their shareholders or whatever and so that's it like i just auditioned for a pilot which i actually booked uh called uh guess who died and it's absolutely hysterical um but i had to audition and so what i auditioned and i booked it and so the next thing i knew i was uh on sony tv lot working with uh Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Oh, man, awesome. Hector, Hector Lozano uh, from Pretty Woman. I, I mean, this, this is like, these guys are legends. Yeah. So if I have to go in and audition and an opportunity to breathe the air they're breathing, I'm in. And I encourage everybody to say, you know what? This is an opportunity to work. That's it. I'm in. I'm not going to complain about auditioning. Give us the brief summary of what this movie is with Amy Schumer and yourself. Uh, Amy plays Renee, who works with me in this kind of like dungeon-like room. Uh, and basically, um, she doesn't have much self-esteem. She She's self-conscious about her looks and dating and guys and everything. And... She's very awkward, and then one day she's at the gym, trying to fit in, working out, and she falls down, and she hits her head, and she blacks out. And when she wakes up, she looks at herself in the mirror, and she's absolutely convinced that she's this stunning vision, the most beautiful woman on the planet. And she goes through life with that uh, understanding to hysterical effect. I mean, everyone is just like, absolutely like awed by who this person is just because mm -hmm. she's exuding self-confidence and without revealing you know the ending um it, it really is a story about all the miracles that exist right under our nose if we just accept them uh and it was such a thrill to be worked with her my third time uh i did two different episodes of inside industry with her uh, including my favorite one where I'm um, a jury member and uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to decide whether Amy Schumer is fuckable enough for TV. Can you say that, TV? <laughs> yeah, we're like HBO. I think the podcast universe is like HBO. Yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you Dude, want. You should have told me this much fucking sooner. Oh. <laughs> um. But that was a great episode. We had Jeff Goldblum, Dennis Quaid, Paul Giamatti, Kumail Johnny, uh, you know. The greats. Me. 
Um, and uh, so we kind of really bonded on that one. And then uh, this came around and uh, and uh, they invited me to join the party. And I said, hell yeah. I'm sorry, fuck you. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed about this film is the exclusion of one word. And I feel it's the word that did not want to be said at all throughout the film. And maybe even in in our cultural era today, in, in the way things are so delicate and sensitive, but I never thought that the word ugly would be a taboo word in Hollywood at this moment. I mean, it's still a word. It's not, you know, vulgar. It's just an, a description that people have. In my head, when I first saw the trailer, you know, I grew up in the 80s, so I said, oh, it's a girl who thinks she's ugly. And then all of a sudden hits her head, and now she thinks she's beautiful. But the movie... I believe deliberately omitted the word. I did not notice that. I did not think that. Um, I understand there was some controversy about the trailer, but imagine if I just decided to never see you uh, or speak to you again based on the the five minutes we've been speaking to. Right. Uh, That wouldn't be right. And I just feel like, uh, you cannot judge a movie, A, you have not seen, and B, it's just a snapshot of uh, what the movie really is. Um, and the movie, you know, it's it's terrific. You have to see it and understand, understand in the full context that it does. Um, and I feel like if you see the movie, you get it, you know, and you get it and you understand just how invested Amy Schumer was in telling a story. I think it was really a personal thing. I think it's a personal thing with yeah. her because I mean, she's been, and I don't want to use the word criticized, but she's had moments where she's been body shamed. She's had to right. go on a lingerie and, 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 and put out pictures of her that she actually looks great. She's just a big yeah. bone girl. And... Yeah. My I personal think, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of dudes like that one. I've had so many arguments, Adrian, about women telling me, listen, there is no such thing as beauty. We're all beautiful. But I don't necessarily agree with yeah. that. I think that, I think beauty is a fact. Like if you go to a neighborhood that doesn't look good and you're scared of that right. neighborhood, that's not beautiful. But I think also what the movie to me is, is a shaming of the media of the magazine business who define what beauty is. What is your definition of beauty? Beauty is very subjective. You know, what's ugly to you is not ugly to someone else. Uh, and what's beautiful to you is not beautiful to someone else. And I don't think anyone has a right to say who's right and who's wrong. Uh, my, my fiance is like absolutely breathtaking. I mean, like, holy shit. <laughs> nice. And and I'm like, and sometimes I'm on the subway on the, in New York, and and I get a look from someone like, really, she's with him, really, and yeah, really, because she sees me as beautiful. Now is she wrong? No, that's her definition of beauty, and that's it. We're getting married in November, and congratulations, no man. Thank you. Um, and, and so that's that's the thing. I mean, like, at the end of the day, how you see yourself is your business. And the more you, to me, I define beauty as the ability to, to embrace uh, the miracle of who you are, 
however that is manifested physically or by race or by height or by weight or by whatever. How you are able to embrace the miracle of who you are is the definition of beauty. Um, and I think, I hope that the audience gets some of that, um, some of that thing uh, when they see the movie. But without, uh, you know, ever being preached to, it's, it's a funny as hell movie. And, it is. Um, and, and that's the main thing. People are just going to go out on Friday and have a good time. You know? the, the, the movie to me is a, if you had to sum up the movie to me, here's how I would describe it. Beauty equals confidence. That is the whole thing about that. That is the crux of the film. You had mentioned that there's other yeah. layers beneath that. What do you think are the other dimensions yeah. that the movie also talks about or makes social commentary statements on? Um, I, that that sometimes the most amazing answers to all the questions we have about ourselves are literally right under our nose. Um, you know, I used to try to be another kind of actor trying to get work. I used to try to emulate, you know, Al Pacino, you know, and, oh! <laughs> I think we all did that, Adrian, so I, I don't fault to, you for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Uh, welcome to Los Angeles! <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Uh, uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I had to extend myself of who I am. And, and once I did, I really started working a lot. You know, I have my own sort of perverse sense of humor. And I have, you know, I have my own way of looking at things. When I did the movie Focus with Margot Robbie and Will Smith, I, they let me improvise there and I did my thing. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be anybody else. I was just trying to be myself and have a good time. And it, it worked. People enjoyed my work there, and they seemed to be enjoying my work, and I feel pretty, and Walter Mitty, and whatever else I'm doing. Um, yeah, but by, by the so way, that, you know, one, one of the key things about everything you're saying is all the, the names of these movies. These are movies that are blockbusters led by movie stars, and you're a part yeah. of that world, man. You are, you're a big-time actor. I mean, anybody who can get into these parts and play opposite these huge leading movie stars, uh, that there's a lot to say there. You're, you're an inspiration and you, you're obviously a role model to many. So tell me a little bit about well, how you climbed that ladder, my friend. Thank you. Because, you know, you were talking about, I had, I had read some, I had heard some interviews where it was a challenge for you to kind of get up that ladder. There, there were moments that you were feeling that this was the last one. I can't take this anymore. I want to just quit the business. But you felt that there was yeah. always these signs that would bring you back, kind of yeah. like when Al Pacino goes, and they they pulled me yeah. back in. Um, so how did you manage exactly. to overcome all those moments? The, the least sexiest word in in show business is persevere. Uh, nobody wants to hear that word. Everybody wants it right away. And I tell actors all the time, you know, that's great if your Angelina Jolie's son or daughter, you can pretty much be assured you'll get an opportunity if that's what you want. But for the rest of us, um, you got to really just put in the time. And I, I know nobody wants to hear that. I don't even like saying it. But I, <laughs> there is no way around it. You have to put in the time. You have to persevere. Assuming you have the talent. Like if you're acting and you're in the same place five years from now, 
then you have to really assess whether or not you have the chops and get objective answers from people who know. So that you don't spend the rest of your life just doing scene study at HB Studio. You know, you want to be able to, to see a progression. So if you have the talent and you put in the time and things are moving forward, even if it's incrementally, then stay in the fight and good things will happen. Absolutely. Um, but you have to put in the time. Um, that's what I would have to say about that. You, you know, I was looking at your IMDb and uh, from 1993 all the way up to today. You're the one. What? I said, you're the one that's looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now, yeah. And I'm looking through the whole thing, and I'm going, from 1993 to now, you've been working. It's a long time, and you've been in big movies, big TV shows. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing that I observed. Almost none of them that I could see were Spanish-language films or Spanish-language programming. Uh, Expect. Uh, what have you done that Spanish that I might have missed? Did you see Casa de mi Padre? Yeah, but I don't really consider that a Spanish language movie. I think that was a parody on Spanish language, you know, novellas <laughs> or film. Uh, but I'm talking uh, about something like, well, for example, like Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman went to Puerto Rico and did a Puerto Rican Spanish language movie. You go where the work is. And um, I have sent Spanish and done scenes in Spanish. I have played characters that speak Spanish. And um, my new movie, I Gilbert, which I wrote and directed, is about 70% in Spanish. Uh, and I'm very proud of the picture. It stars myself, Dasha Polanco, from Orange to the Black, and Raul Castillo, who you know from Looking, yeah. the HBO show. He's blowing up big time in the crowd. Uh, and that's, that's mostly in Spanish. Um, and the reason it's in but Spanish is it Spanish, because it's a rediscovery of your culture, uh, your your desire to kind of reconnect to the past. I don't think that deeply. Uh, you know, I'm just like I'm hungry. Eat a burger. You know, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you just move on intuition, on instinct. Yeah, this particular story just necessitated subtitles in Spanish. Um, it just felt it just felt right, you know, to do it that way. Um, there is English in it, uh, but I have a wonderful cast in it. Mojan Marneau from The Blacklist, Malik um, Kernan from The Dark Knight. Uh, it's going to kill. I love it. It's a dark drama. But yeah, you know, it's just like you go with this, you go where your career takes you. And for a long time, you know, like a lot of movies and studios, the people that call the shots and write the checks are not Latino are not writing, you know, movies and doing movies mm -hmm. that are like in Spanish language space, but it's hard to come by. Um, so you go where the work is. I've got bills. I've got a daughter. Uh, and you just go where the work is. And then at the same time, you try to, you know, manifest your own dreams into your own projects and try to put them out there. And that's what I build what it's about for me. Adrian, thank you so much for being on the Highly Relevant Podcast. The, the movie I Feel Pretty comes out this Friday, April 20th. Head out to your theater and check it out there. And Adrian, once again, very grateful for you to be on the podcast today. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I recently discovered this brand of underwear called Saks. That's spelled S-A-X-X. -X. And I'm not kidding. The best pair of underwear I've ever worn, bar none. 
You know, a lot of us guys don't realize that quality is important down there. We just put on whatever our wives pick up for us or we buy on sale somewhere. There's not enough thought put into men's underwear, which is why when I tried Saks for the first time, it changed my whole outlook on men's underwear. Here's the thing about Saks underwear. They actually care about the design of our anatomy. They're so comfortable and supportive. They look luxe and feel so smooth. It feels like you're going commando, believe it or not. Best part is that there's absolutely no friction whatsoever because of their distinctive design called the ballpark pouch. My favorites are the Vibe Trunks, no question about it. They have a nice modern fit, giving you a soft-fitted hug right around your upper thighs. So because you'll thank me profusely for turning you on to this must-have underwear, I've arranged for you to get $5 off your first purchase of Saks underwear, plus free shipping. Just use my promo code Highly relevant. That's highly relevant, and it's only for a limited time. So go ahead, order a few pairs of Saks underwear. Go to Saks underwear at s a x x underwear.com and use the promo code Highly relevant. That's Saks with two X's. And remember again, Saks underwear.com, promo code Highly relevant. You're going to thank me after your first wear. It's time for a recap of the week's top stories in movies, TV, music, and digital and social media in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. The 17th annual Tribeca Film Festival in New York City is currently underway until April 29th with several Latino films having their world premiere. The 2018 Time 100 is out, and Cardi B, Guillermo del Toro, Jennifer Lopez, Daniela Vega, and Chef Jose Andres are among the Hispanics included. Pedro Almodovar's next movie will be with Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. It'll be titled Dolor y Gloria. Edgar Ramirez joins Dwayne Johnson in Jungle Cruise. Vin Diesel is doing Triple X 4, and Fandango is doing a rewards program of their own to compete with MoviePass. In TV news, the hit Netflix show from Spain, Money Heist, is coming back for season three, and will be produced by Netflix. Comedian Arturo Castro will have a new sketch comedy show on Comedy Central called Alternatino with Arturo Castro, airing later this year. ABC News' Elizabeth Vargas is headed to A&E Networks. And Combate Américas, the hot new Latino MMA property, has signed a deal with Univision and is now the number one MMA company in Spanish in the U.S. and Mexico. Switching over to music, MTV VMAs are set to return to Radio City Music Hall, and MTV is also bringing back Yo! MTV Raps. Jennifer Lopez will be performing on Telemundo's Premios Bill April 26. Former One Direction member Liam Payne and Jay Balvum have released a bilingual single called Familiar. And three Latinas made the 2018 Billboard Awards Top Female Artist category. Camila Cabello, Cardi B, and Demi Lovato. And in digital and social media news, Apple is planning to launch a new new subscription service. Amazon Prime now has over 100 million members. Sports app FuboTV has raised $75 million in funding. Netflix added 7.4 million subscribers. Instagram is bringing back newer posts to the top of its feed. Teen Vogue is now making magazine covers for Snapchat, and Reddit now has as many active users as Twitter. If you're not busy April 27th, go ahead, stream Netflix, and give Adam Sandler and Chris Rock's new comedy, The Week of Watch, because my Colombiana friend Allison Strong, who is my next guest, plays Adam Sandler's daughter in the movie. Here's a bit of it. I hope everybody likes the hotel. You're having a wedding at a quality lodge? We did your thing. Your 99-cent wedding in the booze bottles for Giants. Let me bail us out of this. So let's begin with this. You know, not many Hispanic actors have worked with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock. So 
I feel like this is something uh, unique, interesting, and different um, for yeah. Adam and Chris. Tell me a little bit about how, how this came to you, and did you have to audition for this? Did you meet Adam? Yeah. What was that experience like from point A to point B? Can I tell a little story? Yeah, absolutely. Last, last April, I went to Ciudad de México, and I was blessed at the Virgen de Guadalupe Temple three times. Wow. Okay, so I have to <laughs> and, rub your elbows at some point, so that can you know rub off on me. Um, and I, that priest hit me so hard with that water. I started to cry. <laughs> I started to wait first. I started to laugh in okay. front of people with, with, with oh all of God. their like memorabilia of La Virgen. And, and they were all looking at me like I was crazy for Está laughing. Loca. ¿Qué le pasa? And Está then loca. I got so, um, embarrassed from laughing in front of a priest after being blessed um, and so, uh, but I, I think, um, someone I told later about this told me I was hit by the holy joy. Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I got, I got this audition the moment that I landed from Mexico. Wait, so you're telling um, me that this is correlated with the holy water? I believe it's La Virgen de Guadalupe, no me digas. Okay. I wow. believe it. Milagro. I believe it was. Uh -huh. No fue un milagro, parece. Um, and so I got this audition that week. And it was one of the, I've, I actually hardly, up to this point, have hardly auditioned for feature films. This is one of the few I can count on my hand. I mostly auditioned for television and theater up to this point. Mm -hmm. And so I went in, it was my first audition for this casting office, um, Doug Abel and Henry Russell Bergstein. And they had me in, they had never met me before, and I just knew I had done really well. But I didn't hear anything for about a month. Oh, wow. Then, That's a long time. Uh, yeah. And then a month later, I got a call back with our director, Robert Smigel, and, uh, you know, 18 pages of sides, basically a lot of the sides that I ended up doing in the film. And they told me to only prepare about two of the sides, but I, I learned all of them. You're an because overachiever. You're an overachiever. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> honors student from, from back home in Jersey, you know me. In two languages. Uh, I, don't li I don't like being surprised by things. But anyway, um, I, was, I was going through the scenes and Robert just didn't want to stop. He kept going. He's like, Did you, do you know this side? Do you know that side? And I had already known them in my head. So we went through all of them and I didn't really bat an eyelash. Um, and then I was in the room and uh, we did one of the scenes from that's part of a pivotal plot point in the film. And uh, Alan Covert, one of our producers, who's one of Adam's best friends. And he's also um, he I don't know if you remember him from Fifty First Date. He yes. played, I think, 10 second Tom or something mm -hmm. like that. 20 second Tom. Yep. Uh, he said to me, you made me cry. Oh, wow. and okay. I and I and I and Robert said that was so sweet. Um, and, and I'll never forget that. And I, wa and I, then I improvised with Robert Smigel and it really got weird. I started talking about Angelina Jolie and, uh, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton and blood. I, I watched a lot of E in the nineties. Yeah. So, uh, so, like and, we all and did. so, and so I walked out feeling really good about it and thinking that I pulled it down, but then, you know, I didn't hear anything for about two weeks. And then I was actually in rehearsals for uh, a theater project, and I, I got the call on a bathroom break that uh, I got the part. How did that feel for you? 
surreal because uh, the thing about being uh, a performer, you get used to a lot of no, even when you do great work. And how do you cope with that? uh, How do I cope with that? You know, I think of my grandma who, you know, no matter what she was doing, no matter what, how hard she was working, how many hours, she was always smiling at the end of the day, Mm. you know? As long as you're doing what you love at some point. Right. Well, you know, at least uh, you know you're doing good work. You know, my grandma's my grandma's joy was seeing her children succeed. So even if she had to sweep a floor, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, uh, you know, if her kids were doing great work, that was her accomplishment. So your so triumphs I, are connected to your family. I mean, in so many ways, if my grandma hadn't taken the first step here, I wouldn't be able to be taking the steps that I'm taking now to move forward with my life, without a doubt. I know that. I know that. So then you met Adam Sandler at what point? Uh, I met him on the first day of shooting. What? Actually. Oh, my God. So not even rehearsals with Adam? Uh, No, uh, no. But, you know, it's weird. I think... And I'm going back to the to the the callback day for a second and the audition day. I didn't have a hard time imagining Adam Sandler as my father. In my head, <laughs> I was imagining him as my father. So the reader became my father. Um, you know, the reader became Adam in my mind and became like my father. So I already felt that I knew him. And growing up with his films, you already feel like he's part of the family. Mm-hmm. So. For me, it wasn't like too bad, big of a stretch, and I met him on set in the house where most of the plot takes place in the in the film, and uh, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He was like, "Hey, how's it going, kid?" And uh, you know, asked me where I'm from. We had like a good conversation, and then we had to just go into being um, being dad and daughter. And I just he's. Um, when you look into his eyes, right. it's it's. Uh, he means everything that he's saying. He's just really heartfelt in everything he does. And I, you feel that, you know, you think of the water boy, uh, right. <laughs> you think of all, you know, all of those films. And it wasn't, it wasn't hard to play his kid. Uh, we, uh, he made it, he says that I made it easy for him, but he made it so easy for me. That's incredible. Um, um what, you know, a lot of people, when they think of Adam Sandler, they think of just a, 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 a laugh-out kind of guy. But from your encounters with him, what is he really like? It, he's hard not to love. He makes his... He takes care of his people. He takes care of his friends. His wife and his kids are always around. He is a real family man, and, and his friends totally adore him. Very down to earth, um, self deprecating, always joking, and always playing the best music. <laughs> what kind of music <laughs> is much. it? Like rock and roll? Um, it's, or? Like a, it's a mixture of like Everly Brothers and some hip hop, also like oldies, like the golden oldies. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I'm a singer. So I remember we were, we were filming a, a scene and he, we were singing, uh, they called the wind Mariah or he called the wind Mariah from paint your wagon. And yeah. we were all also sing, singing a boy like that from West side story, <laughs> um, together. And he liked it. the accent and everything was very presentational. And he, wow. uh, yeah. So he, he, he's, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful singer what as did, well. What did you learn, um, 
as an actress uh, from being a part of a movie like this with such a strong cast and, and, and such a such a knowledgeable director? Um, I think that that lesson, the best lesson I learned was from Steve Buscemi, who's in the film as well. He plays my cousin mm-hmm. in the film. Oh, my God. Um, that's crazy. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I know. It, it's amazing. An amazing cast. Just an amazing. Rachel Drach is also my mom in this. So oh what? God. Incredible. Um, uh, an amazing, amazing cast. Uh, it was about, a hundred, I think, 106 or 107 degree heat um, one day when we had to film on a baseball field. Was this in L.A.? Uh, no, this was in Long Island. It was hot this summer. Here in New York? Very, yeah, it was so oh, hot. Wow, it, okay. like, if, it, if it didn't get to 106, it was definitely like 103. It was hot, and I was in high heels. It was a lot for me. Uh, and I... I was under my cooling umbrella, like, and it wasn't a cooling umbrella. It was basically just a plain umbrella. And Steve Buscemi was there standing in the sun with a big old smile on his face, just being kind, courteous, and lovely to everyone. And there's a reason why people love Steve. And it's because he does, he just, he focuses on the work. He doesn't complain. He's a nice guy. He eats Mm -hmm. with everyone else. Um, At lunchtime, he's not in his trailer. He's just, He's just a guy. Right. An amazing performer, but he's just a guy. And he, you know, in this crazy heat where we were expected, you know, to perform, he performed and he did it in a way that he was never complaining. And I just remember saying to myself, I want to be that kind of actor. Right. The you guy, uh, the the type of actor that doesn't complain, that, that, uh, that, that shows that up with a smile. Make- that always shows up with a smile that's a joy and that people want to continue to work with. And I hope to be that a professional, um, but yeah. you know, you know, he, he was, he reminded me of that in that moment. So I, mm. I, once I saw him, I stood up a little straighter and I just put a smile on my face and I'm like, even if I'm sweating, even if, you know, I'm squinting because it's so sunny out, uh, this is still better than, anything else I could be doing. I'm doing what I love to do. Has this helped you out in any way professionally uh, to be bilingual um, and to be bicultural? Um, I, well, I actually, it's funny. I'm the Hispanic. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say this to sound too controversial, but I'm the Hispanic that people want to hear speaking, not so much see. Why do you um, say that? I, I actually, I, I've done a lot of voiceover work in Spanish, and I've, that's mostly what I've done. So I've done Dora. I've done plenty of commercials in Spanish and in English. And, you know, I've gotten pretty far on roles that are Latino, but I've actually, um, you know, I've done mostly commercial work um, in Spanish. So my voice, speaking in Spanish, mm-hmm. has been, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, I'm not going to knock it. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's great. Um, and in terms of singing in Spanish, uh, I love, I love Latino music. So, um, going back to that, uh, why do I sing in both Spanish and English? It represents two very, uh, very present parts of, of my culture. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm neither one or nor the other. I'm not right. American American and I'm not Colombian Colombian. I am these two things at the same time. So imagine uh, that you're meeting people left and right in this business. And at some point mm-hmm. they probably can't just nail you down in terms of your heritage or well, something. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely what people would call ethnically ambiguous. You know what? That's what I've been getting as of late as well. That, really? Uh, yeah. A lot of people yeah. think I'm either Indian American 
or mm-hmm. uh, Middle Eastern, uh, biracial, or... Well, the, real- the reality is that being Latinos, we are the world. We are we the world. Carry, we carry, we carry um, all of the bloodlines within our bloodline. Um, it's that mestizo bloodline. It's totally mestizo. And like the thing is that the, the proportions may be different, uh, but at the end, we're all mestizo. I don't think that there's anybody that's 100% one thing. As a Latinx actress, as an American yeah. actress, as a Hispanic actress, yeah. um, have you felt in the auditions maybe the type of roles that you're getting that might be... Um, not up to your expectations, maybe they might be stereotypical. Uh, what are you confronting as an actor uh, when you go to these auditions? Are you happy with the roles that you're auditioning for, or is it just the system? I'm going to be honest, and I never auditioned for this show, but the first Latino role that I saw that I felt that I could identify with was uh, Gina Rodriguez's performances, Jane and Jane the Virgin. Right. I thought that that was gorgeous. Um, because not all of us are sultry and sexy and, you know, dying on the vine for a man. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, uh, some, uh, at least at least the kind of Latino home that I grew up in is very Catholic. Um, grandma didn't even like me to talk about dancing. Uh, wow. She thought it was, she thought that it was too provocative. The work of um, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I, when she found when my when my mamita found out that I was going to musical theater school, I was like, "Mamita, voy a voy a estar cantando cada día y actuando y estudiando baile." No, no me gusta eso. No me gusta eso. You know what I mean? You know. So she she <laughs> I remember I remember calling long distance um, with an orbitel card. Oh my uh, god! My oh, I remember those. Um, uh, from my dorm room and I was telling her about everything and she was just not about the dancing and I was like, but it's ballet and she wouldn't hear it because she was thinking of something else. (laughs) She was thinking of another type of dancing. That's so Um, crazy. I think um, in terms of roles for auditioning, I can tell a story. I auditioned for a role a couple of years ago um, and I didn't think too much of it. um, There are not too many roles outside of the... at least that I've seen outside of the Mexican or Puerto Rican mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 demographic, which, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Most, uh, I feel that m- a, a big portion of the Hispanics in this country are, are of Mexican and Puerto Rican descent. Um, I, I auditioned for um, a Mexican role, and I actually, I, I naturally have lighter skin, lighter eyes, lighter hair. And I took a Clairol box and I dyed my hair black and I wore hoop earrings. And, um, and I, I got, you got pretty it. far on that role. I know I didn't get the role, but I got pretty far on it. And, it, and you know, I, it's funny that in my mind, I felt that I had to do those things to be more Latina. It, it, because oh it didn't feel enough. Yeah, because I think because that... It didn't feel like enough. I think Hollywood, for some reason has a particular image of what a Latina is and they feel that their movies are sort of the spokesperson, so to speak, uh, on the rest of white America. And so when they think Latina, it's how will the Caucasian look at the Latina, uh, not yeah, how we I, look at ourselves as Latinos. You know, I, I was trying to fit in. I, I was The hard thing about being an actress, especially a young one, we want to be what they want us 
to be, that what we think they want to see. And so I, I did all those things, but then I ended up getting really far for the role. I, I mean, I, I got to fly out to LA for it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my Spanish is actually excellent. Um, so it certainly helps. But at the end of the day, I don't think I was exactly what they wanted. You know, I'm taller. Um, again, you know, I'm lighter. So not exactly what they, they think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's interesting in terms of roles. I see, I actually turned down some, a lot of auditions because they're looking for someone who's, um, you know, uh, a pandillero, you know, from a band, like a, a like gang a thug member, gang member or, huh? or a thug. And I'm definitely not that. I'm very, uh, I'm pretty square. <laughs> but you are I'm an actor though. You could pull that off. I, as an I, actor. I am an actor, but it's just like, I grew up in a very Latino neighborhood and it was, um, I'm the child of immigrants. You know, and we just, as the children of immigrants, we're just trying to, our parents suffered so much for us to to succeed here that um, that we don't want to make one wrong step. That's the way I feel about it. And it makes me emotional to even think about. Right. Um, my, you know, my grandma came to this country in her mid-40s, not speaking any English. And was a nurse and a midwife in her country, had a great job. My grandfather owned many restaurants and cafes, and, and they came here, and my grandma administered insulin for a while, but basically ended up working at a hotel because she didn't want to be um, bossed around mm-hmm. by a woman in Houston uh, who, who made her live in the house. Um, to administer insulin. So my, my grandma ended up working at um, a hotel in Houston ended up uh, cleaning floors in the hospital she would have been working at in Cali. Mm-hmm. My grandpa, who is, and my grandma was Colombian Indian, by the way. So this also goes into oh, wow. my lineage. Okay. My grandma was Colombian Indian. My grandpa was of Spanish lineage that had been in Colombia for a really long time. My my lineage is I'm 45% Iberian Peninsula, so Spanish. That doesn't uh-huh. surprise me at all. Yeah. I'm twenty. I'm twenty five percent Native American. Yeah. And I'm nine or ten percent black. Oh, okay. Um, so for me, I'm yeah. uh, I'm nine. I'm seven percent Italian. So I'm like. So my family's really Colombian. Yeah. So my my family's really Colombian. Uh, Your family's Colombian. Wait, I knew it when I was talking about Orbital cards that you'd be Colombian. Oh yeah. I was about to say, so, how are you doing? Soy, soy Barranquillero. <laughs> Mis padres son de Barranquilla, Colombia. Ay, costeño. Costeño. Entonces, yo voy a estar en voy a estar en Cartagena este verano. Oh my god. Mi, mi mejor amiga. No me soy digas. Soy la dama de honor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Things. I love La Costa. Oh my oh, God! I, the dancing, I, I, la rumba, I'm going to be the happiest girl on Ativa this summer. Listen, you better believe it, the best parties are always in the coast of Colombia. You know, not to say oh, anything I about Medellin or Cali because they know how to how to really party with the salsa and everything. But there's but, something about the coasts, the beaches. It's the the sun. So delicious. Yeah, uh, you know, seafood. it's nice to get away. Oh, the, the seafood. seafood. I'm, I, I, I'm so looking forward to it. My family is actually from Cali. Uh-huh. So, uh, but, uh, but I love the coast and I actually, I love Medellin too. I, I oh, can't knock yeah. any, I can't knock any city in Colombia because I have family members and pretty much all of them. I wanted to do a quick Q and A with you just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Here's the first question. What movie should you love, but you don't? Oh gosh. Titanic. Greatest act of kindness you've ever witnessed. 
a good fr- a good family friend came drove all the way with her family from Philly to help my mom do the favors for my quinceañera. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, my mom didn't have any help because she's a single mom, so that really meant a lot to us. Funniest person you've ever met? Robert Smigel. I mean, not <laughs> even a course. question. Of course. Question. I'm shocked you didn't say Adam Sandler. I mean, Adam's hilarious too, but Robert, um, you know, he actually as a treat to me on one of the hardest days of filming, pulled out Triumph. Mm-hmm. And you can actually check it out on my Instagram that okay. Triumph was singing to me. It was great. An album that you'd recommend to everyone. Oh, this is going to sound so horrible. But I love her so much. Believe album by Cher was my first album. You're a Cher and fan. I love it. I'm a big Cher fan. You know the fan. Cher musical even, is coming out, right? I know, I know. Um, but can I give a second choice? Yes. I love Jesse. I love Jesse Joy, and I love their Un Besito Mas I love Jesse and Joy. I, I love them. And then finally, before I let you go, what is your yes. favorite TED Talk? There's actually a TED Talk in Espanol that I loved, Por Que Soy Soltera. What is that about? It's a testament to all of those career women out there that's trying, that are trying to strive and, you know, strike out on their own without necessarily having to be identified uh, or tied down uh, in a relationship. So I thought, uh, I thought it was gorgeous and I loved it. Thank you so much, Allison, for being on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. I hope we get to meet in person one day. Amazing. Thank you, Jack. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Every week I share some new tracks I've discovered. Here are three you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Cien Grados, Lali en Achala. Let me, Zane. For the rest of my life. Guerrera de la Fuente Si And before we wrap up the show, Eugenio Derbez is going to be my guest next week. So here's a quick tease of what you can expect from our very candid conversation on the Hollywood industry. Why do you think Hollywood hasn't created that Latino movie star? Because they are, they're afraid, Jack. They're, they're afraid of people not... Uh, I've been hearing every single time I go to... Um, with a producer or uh, or someone in the industry to tell a story or whatever, they're always telling me, eh, it's too Latino. Or they're telling my agent, yeah, you know, he has an accent. But then they see Salma and Sofia with a thick, thick accent, and they love them. That's it for episode 73 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Allison Strong and Adrian Martinez for hanging out with me today. And I hope you guys dug these conversations as well. If you like this podcast, please share, retweet, and recommend our show on all your social media platforms. Remember, it's through your word of mouth that our show can grow. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode 
of Highly Relevant. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.